The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Star Wars 7x7 episode 446. Today we explore one of the mysteries of the Star Wars universe, which is what exactly was Kenny Baker doing inside the R2-D2 robot? Punch it, Chewie. Hi, this is Mike and Joe from the Cantina Cast. And you're listening to Star Wars 7x7, the only daily Star Wars podcast. Hey Rebel Rouser, welcome to Star Wars 7x7. I'm your host, Alan Voivod, and I got to thinking about this particular question based on the heels of our conversation yesterday on our podcast about Anthony Daniels and about him (laughs) trash-talking about Kenny Baker and R2-D2, and... There's actually a, a long thread if you uh, look into it, and we'll link to it at the blog post for the show's episode at sw7x7.com, of people debating whether R2-D2 was quote-unquote performed by Kenny Baker. In other words, could you really call Kenny Baker an actor who was performing in the movie when he was in the R2-D2 robot suit, or if he was just pressing buttons, essentially, for all intents and purposes. So, personally, I'm going to go... stake my claim on the place that he was performing, he was acting in there. The guy is actually and was an actor and a circus performer before he even got into the Star Wars movies. He'd been working with a a guy named Jack Purvis actually, whose name ought to be familiar to uh, some Star Wars fans out there. He was the chief Jawa that actually shot (laughs) R2-D2 on scene in Star Wars. He was also uh, an Ugnaught in Empire Strikes Back, and he was one of the Ewoks in Return of the Jedi as well. So he definitely had some chops, Kenny Baker did. He was actually a successful actor. And, yeah, he was hired because he could be inside the suit and he could operate the quote-unquote heavy machinery, which a child could not do, though being the same size as Kenny Baker, who was a fully grown adult at 3 feet 8 inches tall. Now, the stuff I've read talks about heavy machinery, like I just mentioned, but there are other things where it just says that uh, all he was doing inside the outfit was pushing buttons or that he could make the thing rock a little bit back and forth or he could spin the head to some degree while he was inside there. So ultimately, it's as much of, I guess, a mime kind of situation and probably even more so than what Anthony Daniels had to do as C-3PO. Anthony Daniels is also a uh, trained uh, mime artist, but... You know, when you look at the two performances together, I gotta say, I feel like Kenny Baker's is the more, would you call it, mime-influenced, or at least certainly the one that relies upon mime a lot more in order to convey any kind of emotion. I mean, none of C-3PO's, uh, you know, gestures or mannerisms, I mean, maybe there are a couple here and there, but generally speaking, none are 
<laughs> things that are necessary. I mean, you still get him, you still get him from the voice, so you actually can tell what is going on in C-3PO's inner life because he's actually telling you about it and reacting in a verbal way that we can understand. But R2-D2, not so much. No, he is actually getting moved around. Kenny Baker is moving the costume in a way that's supposed to suggest whether he's excited or afraid or... Uh, confused or, you know, any number of a range of emotions. And Kenny Baker is able to convey that while he's in the suit. So I think it's definitely a more remarkable achievement that way. And I'd certainly love to hear your thoughts about it. Let us know. Do you think that Kenny Baker was actually acting in there? Or do you think that he was just uh, operating heavy machinery, basically, and he was no better than a forklift driver for all intents and purposes? Chime in in the comments for the blog post for this show's episode at SW7X7.com. Uh, one of the folks on the uh, the big bulletin board conversation that we'll link to you know, points out that, uh, like any good actor, uh, you will accept lines and directions from a director and be told, okay, I need you to be over here and I need you to act a certain way. And Kenny Baker had to do that. And therefore, a slam dunk, that's all you really need to consider for him to be classified as an actor and actually performing inside the R2-D2 suit. That being said, there is some controversy, I guess, as to whether he was actually in all six films. As it turns out, there are conflicting interviews from George Lucas as to whether Kenny Baker inside the R2-D2 suit was used in Revenge of the Sith. In one interview, he says, no, he wasn't going to be needed. And in another, he says that he was used in, uh, uh, George Lucas says that Kenny Baker was used in situations where it would not have been cost-effective to have the robot, and it made more sense to have Kenny Baker in the costume. And for his part, Anthony Daniels says that Kenny Baker did not actually appear in Revenge of the Sith, that he wasn't in the suit and he wasn't on the set. So... Oh, man. Well, I don't know. I guess we are not sure if we can trust Anthony Daniels about this stuff. I wonder what kind of uh, professional, I don't know, what kind of professional challenge Anthony has with uh, Kenny Baker. I don't know how any of these guys could have any particular challenges with each other, quite honestly. When you're doing one of the most wonderful jobs in the world, I don't know, maybe it's just from being sealed inside the costumes when they're in Tunisia in the 105 degree heat. Maybe they all started off being annoyed by the situation and it's just festered over the years. I'm not sure, but gosh, these two guys, they need to be getting along in the best way possible. And man, I hope that actually happens and comes through in The Force Awakens because we are supposed to have R2-D2 here. He's not just CGI, though I guess the difference is, if you're wondering, one of the big differences, the way to tell, is if he kicks out that third leg, then that's a CGI or a robot. It's not him in it. This episode is sponsored by One and One. They've been our web host since 2006. <laughs> uh, well, not the podcast, of course. The podcast hasn't been around that long. But for our various other ventures, and you can get a 99-cent hosting package with a free domain included right now if you go to sw7x7.com slash one and one. That's the number one, A-N-D, then the number one again. All right, let's take care of your trivia question. I'm betting heavily on the Sebulba. Last time we asked you, what planet is covered predominantly by desert? That would be Tatooine, though if you want to throw in Jakku for The Force Awakens, I'll give you that too. Today's question, what duo had hoped to quietly take out the Imperial Scout Troopers on Endor? Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you go jumping out skyscraper windows, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. 
And please support the podcast by joining us on Patreon at patreon.com slash SW7X7. It's not a shapeshifter, it's Destiny Unleashed. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, and all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2015 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it!